This is Dr. Trell Hill. Welcome to another episode of Chat and Chill with Super Hill. Today we have an incredible guest with us, none other than Mr. S.E.L. himself. He's so educated. He is Dr. Michael Mallory. Mike, welcome to the show. Tell us about yourself. Absolutely. Dr. Hill, it's such a pleasure to be able to uh, share space with you and community just to talk about this important aspect of social-emotional learning, how it's impacting our, our students here in Windsor Public Schools, and the benefits, right? Um, so just a little bit about myself. I've uh, been able to be here in Windsor to lead the work um, just around social-emotional learning implementation. A lot of my background is in higher education, but I'm a scholar practitioner at heart. It's more than theory. How can we take that theory and bring it to the practitioners so we can continue to inspire a generation of scholars? We're trying to figure out themselves, right? Trying to figure out the identity, trying to understand how to become more holistically um, inclined, right? The well-roundedness that we all want for our future productive citizens in the world and being able to, you know, work with amazing educators, amazing SEL specialists throughout the district to kind of inform the, the, the vision that you ought to have right to have engaged students in the classroom you know amazing educators leading the charge and ultimately having our students navigate from pre-k all the way to that high school stage and off into life that's something that I support I endorse and I'm super excited just to be here man and to continue to do great work you know on behalf of Windsor Public Schools so before we get deep into SEL um, I, I want folks out there to understand why I say he's so educated I'm not just talking about his degrees uh, Tell us a little about your, your background, right? Like, there's a reason why we we wanted you to come here to Windsor and lead our SEL efforts, right? We didn't just find you hanging out on UConn's campus, you know, by the campus center. You know, you, you've done a few things. So I want folks to know, who who is this Dr. Mallory that's moving around Windsor and talking to students and talking to staff? You know, what, what makes him qualified to uh, lead this SEL work? Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so a little bit about my background. As many people know, I'm from the great state of Louisiana. So as we like to say, Leslie Le Bonton Roulet, let the good times roll. Uh, so born and raised from the South, uh, you know, with two amazing parents, one uh, amazing father who retired as a major in the U.S. Army and a mother who was a 35-year, you know, a teacher, an educator, right, in, in uh primarily kindergarten and first grade, you know, so those core values that they instilled in me um, to be a lifelong learner, to have discipline, to work hard, to want to be um, selfless, right, to inspire generation, because this whole aspect of life, right, we plant seeds, we don't know what it's going to grow, um, but it always takes a village to raise kids, and I just want to be a part of the next generation, you know, because I'm so grateful for the village that raised me and had, you know, a huge stake in shaping and molding me. Um, so from there, I uh, went to a historically black college, the Southern University and A&M College, where I majored in business, had a great, you know, kind of corporate run. Um, but my heart was always with just inspiring students, right? Wanted to kind of, as I like to say, bring swagger into the school, students with academic goals. How do we activate their greatness so they can connect the dots to their educational, you know, emancipation, right? They're navigating school for 40 hours a week, often times they are disengaged they're you know not inclined they don't know how to ultimately connect the dots so for me I wanted to be a part of that so I turned down a lot more corporate opportunities and I said you know what I'm gonna go off into the world and I just want to inspire a generation get in front of students and inspire them to be authentic to be great and to navigate and and, and grapple with life's challenges um I got on a some uh, a couple of national speaking circuits. University of Connecticut was one of the the, the, the landing spots that I spoke at. Um, impressed some people in the chancellor's office, and they was like, you know what, we need some good energy, you know, here in uh, in Connecticut. Do you want to come here? And the rest has kind of been his uh, history. 
was able to have a humongous impact at UConn for nine years, um, leading a bunch of different efforts, teaching classes in the Ag School of Education, the UConn School of Business, um, and really being centered around social emotional learning, culturally responsive pedagogy, and really just trying to be that scholar practitioner that I know it's in my heart. And then when this opportunity came, I said, you know what, no more research, right? Let's go be a practitioner. Let's impact people real time. Let's, you know, uh, become thought partners with amazing educators so we all can, you know, uh, run this marathon together to, to, to shape these kids into the, uh, you know, the awesomeness that they are and that they can, you know, display on a day-to-day -day basis. And so that's who I am. I, I'm a lifelong learner. You know, I love to, you know, uh, uh, share wisdom, collaborate, you know, uh, and just bring the best that I have, you know, to the stakeholders here because I've ran my race in so many regards. It's about this next generation. And if I'm not in the fire with them, helping them, you know, uh, uh, learn SEL and those skills, the skill development that's ultimately going to help them be better academically, be, you know, visionaries in life, then what am I actually doing, um, you know, this all for? And I think this opportunity was amazing. And I'm just grateful to be here in Windsor and to continue to do great work. Thank you. And what I appreciate about your story, and I wanted, you know, our listeners to hear it, um, because sometimes you you kind of hear about folks uh, coming to education or not coming to education, and they have their own comments about it. Mm -hmm. And you know, I too was a business major, and I I tell people when I speak, I was called to education. I know we don't like to talk like that, but I do. Mm -hmm. So, and I hear the same thing for you. You were called to education. It wasn't like there weren't job offers. For sure, right? I didn't come to education, you know, as a backup plan. Right? I had corporate job offers, and like, nope. I'm supposed to do this, and it's been 31 years for me now, and I haven't looked back at all, and the impact that we get to have on students' lives and, you know, on adults as well as leaders is incredible. So, all right, let's get this SCL abrasion started. I like that, my producer. She's a catchy something, you know, <laughs> SCL abrasion. I like that. So for the last two years, Windsor Public Schools, in particular Dr. Hill, has been committed to embedding social-emotional learning, or SEL district-wide. You and your team of SEL specialists have led this charge. Tell the folks out there, what is SEL, what, what makes it SEL, and anything else you have to share about SEL? Because people have been hearing it, right? Like, SEL, SEL, SEL. And in education, we like latching on to new phrases or terms, and we throw them out there. And I'm not necessarily sure that everyone knows what the alphabet soup is all about. So take it away on SEL. I know it's important, but you, you say what you got to say. Sir. Absolutely. So SEL in short is social emotional learning. Um, but as I like to say, it's, it's not a new phenomenon, right? It's skill development, right? So for all the listeners out there, I want you to think about whatever decade, generation you went to school, who was that education, educational, you know, exemplar, that, that favorite teacher of yours, right? That person that loved you through all of your ebbs and flows, the person that challenged you, the person that, you know, helped shape and mold you, that's social emotional learning. That person that literally saw something in you that you didn't see for yourself, right? So even though the world and, and frameworks, you know, Castle um, specifically in these different institutions and research has been around now with social emotional learning as this kind of buzz phrase. But it's always been around. It's always been the, the, the humanity, having educators and individuals see the humanity in students and challenging them and helping them shape and, and be shaped and molded into ultimately who they want to be. You know, and so for me, what I like to say is social emotional learning is nothing more than skill development. Right. So we teach math and we tutor for math and we teach reading and literacy and we tutor for that. 
But what about relationship skills? What about self-awareness, right? What about social awareness, right? What about kind of helping students and adults, right, and families better understand and equip them with the tools to be successful in a holistic way so they ultimately can be better prepared, right, to navigate life, right? So social-emotional learning is also the way that I deem it is I want people to think about it. What if adults, our educators, our students, our families, right, at a moment's notice, could identify and self-articulate their needs, their strengths, and their challenges around social-emotional learning, right? Hey, today I'm actually, you know, struggling with self-management. Here's why. And because I'm struggling with the why, right, these are the supports that I need to ultimately help me, you know, to improve and to get better, or I need skill development in those areas. How powerful would that be? From a relationship skill, we all have talked about and been exhausted around the, the, the COVID-19 you know, uh, 19 global pandemic, but so many of our kids were stripped with relationship skills. Hey, there's this virus out there and you, you have to be in the house and you can't go to the park and you can't play. Well, guess what? A lot of our kids, especially in the social media world, don't know how to socially engage, how to build authentic and positive relationships, how to confront conflict, which conflict at times is very helpful. It, it, it's very healthy and it's, it's a part of life, right? But how do we build those relationships? How can I see the humanity in a, in a classmate and a peer? And we have varying viewpoints, right? But then we can still go off and go to lunch together as if nothing happened, right? So that's what SEL is to a layman's person, a skill development where we want to equip all of our stakeholders, right? With being able to identify and be able to self-identify those strengths and needs and challenges around SEL competencies. And for those who want to know what those five competencies are, self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, and relationship skills. And we want to teach that because those go hand in hand with a robust, you know, uh, academic and educational experience. One can't go without the other. Um, and as we get better, and so many of our educators teach this every single day, they embody this, they exemplify that. And the more and more we can integrate it true at the core, just like the exemplars of the past, we're going to continue to see that ROI, that return on investment with academic performance and continue to push the needle here in Windsor Public Schools for everyone. Okay. All right. And could you just share with people, because you said castle, I always want to make sure that listeners don't hear any terms, whether it's alphabet soup or just a term that we know in the profession or the field, and we don't explain, because I also understand that people will go look things up, and we want them, right? This is a conversation, and so just a short conversation. My host is always that it will uh, spark interest, whatever that conversation is on our show, and folks will go out and look things up. But could you tell them what Castle is just really quickly? Yep. Or who is Castle? Yeah, so Ca Castle is the the governing body. So kind of the the collaborator for academic and social emotional learning. So they created kind of this framework, this wheelhouse around kind of more uh, um, institutionalizing, for a lack of a, a better better analogy, the actual framework of those five uh, competencies. And then within that framework, it has extensions to the student within itself around those five competencies, and then the greater school system, and then extended into community and family partnerships, right? So when we think about all the stakeholders, the community, the family, the school system, and the child, if everyone can center and focus on their understanding their strengths, needs, and challenges around SEL, and those skills improve, then all of the stakeholders together can ultimately help shape the kids and that kind of experience around the academic performance that we want for them. So they're the governing body where a lot of the research comes from and a lot of the framework that we now implement at the practitioner level uh, comes from. 
Thank you. Yep. So some of the loudest critics, right? We agree that it's a good thing we, you and I do. Mm-hmm. So and and so do many others, right? But some of the loudest critics have something to say about who teaches SEL. Mm-hmm. They say SEL should be left to licensed therapists, or better yet, kids' parents. Anyone else but these folks who are actually espousing SEL. What do you say about that? I mean, I you know. With all, with all, uh, you know, due respect, I, you know, I vehemently disagree with it. SEL is for all of us. You know what I mean? And I'll coin this when I was recruited here, um, Dr. Hill, in your words, right? I want people who have the heart to do this work, right? The heart to do this work. So we need the counselor to have strong SEL skills. We need the educator to have strong SEL skills. We need people who have the heart, uh, um, you know, SEL specialists, right? Some might have the traditional academic, uh, uh, um, you know, experience and. They have some that are really good with the social cues of today's students, the modern students that's navigating the halls from kindergarten to 12th grade right now, right? All of it uh, comprises social emotional uh, learning and social emotional skills, right? The janitor, right? There's so many students here who their safe person is the custodian, right? That person needs to have SEL skills, but guess what? They do because they are saying the good mornings. Hey, I noticed that something is a little off with you. You're navigating the hallways right now. You, you, you're running from something. How can I be of service? So we need all of it because we have 20, 30, 40, 50 years of data that says, you know what? The world has changed, right? So sitting in a classroom, going to the pencil sharpener, blackboards, well, there's smart boards now. There's supercomputers in their pockets called smartphones, iPhones, all of these different things. So the needs for the day are different. So we need different and more holistic developed people who see those things, those nuanced versions of today's students, to be able to address and help um, help them navigate what it is that they're experiencing. And that has a direct correlation to academic performance, right? So if this was 50 years ago, you know what? You're going to come to class and you're going to sit down. And I don't care if 50 years ago we didn't have social media. Yeah, we have social media today, but you're going to do treat it like it's 50 years ago. Well, I'm sorry. that, that There's a whole evolution that we have to take into account mm-hmm. that has a direct impact on what our kids are experiencing, right? There was no such thing as social bullying when there was only four major television shows uh, or television networks and then the TV cut off at, at midnight. midnight. Well, now there's Netflix, there's the Hulu, flag. there's Disney Plus, there's a thousand different channels and everyone is competing for the hearts and minds of our young people, of our adults, of our families. TikTok. TikTok, right. So for people who say that, well, it needs, you know, it's all of us because we all need to work on our spectrum of SEL. And it's a lifelong process, you know, and that helps diversity and inclusion. That helps, you know, interpersonal skills. That helps the classroom experience. That helps the school climate and culture that we want. Right. right? And the more and more we understand that, the trickle effect that is going to have to the ultimate academic experience. I believe that school should be awesome. And we need people who see and understand that and vibe with that as well to say, you know what? Yeah, I, my SEL skills are so good. It doesn't matter what my title is. I have the heart to do this work. And because I have the heart to do this work and then I learn the skill sets to then be able to impart wisdom into these young folks. They showing up every day and they hunger and they eager to learn and they eager to engage in healthy debate and they eager to learn from their educator because of it. So, so, so you know what I'm hearing from you? And, you know, we might have a few people who might have a little buzz from this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but those who already know, Dr. Hill know, I'm ready for all the smoke. Just because you have a license don't mean folks are giving you a license to interact with them. For sure. Right? Like, that's you just went to school, you got certified. And I, and for someone like now, like I said, this is my 31st year in education. Absolutely. And 
Um, you know, folks get older in your family like that old uncle. He feel like he can say what he want to say now, right? Like, you know how old I'm his son? I can say what I want to say, <laughs> right? It's So I, I just think about when people try to say, well, this person should do it or that person should do it. I'm like, well, hmm, if they were doing it, right? Because everybody didn't become a parent after March 2020. Mm-hmm. Everybody didn't become a counselor or a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist, right, or a social worker after March 2020. So then we've had all these issues, as you said, for decades. Mm-hmm. And we've had all those positions for decades. Absolutely. So then why wasn't this stuff addressed, right? Because I believe, and I've said on many different platforms and in many different arenas, that all the pandemic did was exacerbate what already existed. Absolutely. Right? Other than the virus itself, it didn't bring out nothing new. Right, we we were overlooking all of these things, right? And the kids, so to speak, who could adjust and just fit in, and do what they need to do and get along and assimilate, they did okay. And we kind of ostracized or labeled all the others. So, but this is not just about kids either. No, right? So, SEL. I listened to you talk about you know the uh, the tenets of SEL. How does SEL relate to adults, educators, parents, anyone? You know, share with our audience how it's related to adults because I, I don't want people thinking this is something that adults do to kids, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't think adults in and of themselves and just your independent upbringing or where you come from, you don't reach like some kind of SEL summit. Like I've, I've arrived and now I can go back and teach, right? So I think these skills are relative to adults. What do you what do you think about that? No, it's so relative to, to, to adults. I and mean, even when I think about... You know, I, I think about educators. We have amazing educators. And the fact of the matter is, you know, one of the things that I argue and I, I, I am a proponent of and I, you know, I grapple with higher education. There's so many teachers who have gone through, you know, a, a pre-teacher service institutions and they understand the content. Yo, math is my thing. Literacy is my thing. Right. But their experience of potentially how to interact with students was limited to their site placement. Right. So if you shadowed a Dr. Hill and Dr. Hill was real, he was affirming, he's love, he had high expectations. He did that. But if you was with someone who potentially didn't want to be in the field and that's where your placement was, then all you did was get the hours to to to, to complete your degree. Right. So if I'm in an urban setting or if I'm in a school, you know, depending on the class, if I have just say 70 percent students of color in my classroom. Right. Then I might need a vibe differently. It's not because I, I, I want to or it might be uncomfortable, but. SEL then applies to you because then you, you you need to have social awareness of the individuals that's going to be navigating with you for 181 days throughout this academic school year, right? And if we're trying to get the best out of them, if we're trying to inspire them to become more and to do more and to grapple with more, then I need to be socially aware of well, how do I connect with them? And we're not talking about presuppositions and, and thoughts that you might have saw or watched on television is, yo, Michael, hey, what's going on? So what are your expectations to get out of my class, Right. How do you learn, right? How can I differentiate the instruction? I'm socially aware of that, right? I understand, you know what? I, I, I might need to build relationships, right? And I think a lot of times I've mentioned that to educators. That's not a new phenomenon. We're not saying, hey, on a Friday, we're going to happy hour with students. We're not saying to be right. students' friends. But what we are saying is to build an organic and healthy relationship to say that I'm going to be navigating 181 days with you. Right. This is my space, but this is our space that we're going to be sharing. Right. right? So 
Yeah, I need to figure out what makes you tick, what doesn't make you tick. Oh, I can't be socially aware. You know what? Michael is disengaged today. He's drifting off into the world. Some of it might be, you know what? Michael is uh, academic grade behind and he somehow entered into my classroom. It could be that. Or it could be that a relationship wasn't formed and it wasn't established. And Michael struggles with some sense of trust in this environment. And all that might be, you know what? I know I got my, my planning period, but I'm going to come to lunch and you eating nuggets, I'm eating nuggets, and we're going to figure this thing out, right? Oh, you see me. You noticed something about me. You just didn't let me shrink in the back of the class, and then that led to academic disengagement. That academic disengagement led to negative confrontation. Now I'm outside of your class. You feel as though I don't want to be here, but guess what? I'm showing up to school every single day, so I want to be here, but there's something in this environment that I might be missing, and I need help to figure it out. Let me jump in on Go this for right it. here. Cause I get passionate you, about you, it. Go for it. Yeah. I, I hear you, yeah, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm feeling you, and I'm sitting here like it's smiling. Folks on you know listening can't see me smiling, but... Um, what I learned when I started teaching in 1992 in Newport News, Virginia at Huntington Middle School, right? Mm -hmm. It was one of the bottom five middle schools in the state of Virginia. And none of our states up here are the size of Virginia, right? So that's pretty low. When you're the bottom five of a state that big. And I asked to go to that school. Mm -hmm. Like when they recruited me from up here in Boston at the, at the conference, they tried to put me in the Blue Ribbon schools. And it was literally the Blue Ribbon schools, like yeah. the top schools. They said, no, you're from Illinois. We want you here. And I said, if I have any opinion, I would like to be in that school that you said was ranked at the bottom. And they're like, why? I said, one, I'm a business major, and I feel called to teach, so I don't have any teaching experience other than some Sunday school classes. And I said, but I always want to know if I'm good at something, and I want to be the best. So I figure if you put me in the toughest situation, mm -hmm. and I survive that, then I know I'm the best. Um, and the other thing that comes to mind is, you know, what the military taught me, and I'm going to get back to that point mm -hmm. of the military, but... What a teacher needs to do in that situation, I never, I never heard of SEL, right? Mm -hmm. But what I did know is that, wait a minute, why is, you know, Terrell always getting in a conflict with Ms. Jones, you know, down the hall? I don't never have those problems with Terrell. So I need to have enough oomph in me as a teacher to go to my colleague and say, hey, I noticed that you, you know, you have a problem with Terrell or the way it really happened back in the day. Because when I started teaching, we still had teacher lounge. Mm. People were still smoking, right? You go in there, you, you wade <laughs> through the smoke to get to the refrigerator, right? And you see the dude over there with the newspaper counting down to retirement his uh -huh. last eight years. Right? <laughs> that was real, yeah. <laughs> eight more years and I'm out of here. It's like, I was like, this is what they do? Mm -hmm. And I, I remember saying then, Lord, I do not want to die in a teacher lounge. But I would, you know, I would say something like, well, hey, what? What's up with this? And, and, you know, conversely, I would go to colleagues and say, look, Michelle ain't listening to me. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I, I see you or her, you know, y'all was double dutching at recess. Like, can you tell me? I don't know how to double dutch, but can you tell me, like, what I can do? Right, so again, having never heard of SEL or, or the components of SEL or Castle um, in 1992, what I did know and what I learned from the military is, if you the better you know yourself, the better you are to handle situations. Right, so I just remember basic training. Uh, people have heard me say this many times. When uh, one of my drill sergeants said to us, we "We're getting ready to tackle some thing, effort, whatever confidence course. I don't know what we were doing," and he said. If you're scared, say you're scared. 
Now, I always tell people the, the other part is that is that didn't let them excuse you from it. Mm-hmm. You still were going to climb that 30-foot tower mm-hmm. and go across the 100-foot slide for life or go across a 100-yard live fire exercise or real rounds over your head three to four feet. You were going to do it and little bombs going off, right? You're going to throw a live grenade, a few of them. If you're scared, say you're scared. And I realized even then, like, why the drill sergeant was saying that wasn't to give you an outlet, but it was to get you to reflect on what you were feeling. Mm -hmm. And because I'm afraid, right, it was two things there. I now know what I have to conquer and overcome. But then also my unit, you know, compadres, Mm -hmm. they know how they can help me, right? Because then you also learn that not every soldier is good at every part of being a soldier, right? Like, I was not the dude that you was going to pick to be the scout for the unit in terms of, yo, run five miles ahead of us and then run back and tell us what you see. Y'all be waiting for that report. (laughs) (laughs) And they didn't have Uber in the 80s. Right, right, right. For sure, for sure. You would have been waiting. I did I'm going to tell you in a minute what I saw. <laughs> Let me catch my breath. That wasn't my thing. You had dudes for that. But now if you wanted someone to look at a map, right, mm-hmm. a terrain map, or look at information that, you know, when we did exercises about the enemy, I knew I had the skill to look at something, whether it was a picture or, you know, pages of words, and pretty much memorize it like, like verbatim. And I also was able to teach other people what I saw. So by looking at something for a few minutes, I could literally teach a group of people quickly, right? I also learned that I was a leader. So people would follow me, what I would do. So I learned at 18 years old how to assign people to cover Mm -hmm. the areas where I was weaker. Sure. So I was like, yo, you good at that running? We're going to make you the scout, Mm -hmm. right? I also was a good marksman. Yeah. I, I figured it was probably a good thing to have good skills with the gun. <laughs> you know, and you tend to live longer when you can shoot other people first. So, you know, I was usually the guy put on like like sniper kind of positioning. Um, but we we put people in different places, For right? Sure. Yep. And so you learn your own uh, strengths and limitations, right? And so, but you have much more um, refined uh, definitions under Castle. Yep. But it's the same thing, right? Because the, the whole function of all of it is being self-aware. Mm-hmm. And again, because if you don't know where you stand and what you are, what you're feeling, then your interactions with others are going to be uh, jaded mm-hmm. because they're thinking you're dealing with them for this, right? Like you said, the kid in the class, going back to your example, not doing the work. Teacher's like, oh, he's defined. He's this, right? We, we immediately jump to everything. Maybe he's hungry. Yeah. Right. I had to learn that from my colleagues. Like, why this boy? And I taught. And also, I have to say where my school was in Newport News, it was in a very poor section. Actually, it was the poorest section of the city. Right. I look out my window. I can see my car. It still had hubcaps the first week. Right. And have hubcaps the second week. And then across from my car was the project. It's the school was surrounded by low income houses and projects. They didn't eat. So now they're in class. You're talking about. Let's do some uh, add and subtracting of uh, un- fractions with unlike denominators. That kid ain't thinking about no numerator, denominator, or anything else. They hungry. With my $25,000 salary, yep, I was making big money. You, I learned to buy little snacks and have them in my room. Because that little snack could be the difference between me having a great day or a hellish day. Mm-hmm. And it's all because a kid was hungry. 
not not my math problems. So, and I learned that by asking colleagues, hey, what do you do in this situation, right? And and I share what I did with kids that they had problems with. So when when I see adults talk about, oh, this is just for kids, I'm like, no, it's for adults too. Because a lot of adults in any field have not taken the time to get to know themselves. Mm-hmm. Look at our divorce rates in society. Mm-hmm. Look at the the lack of relationships, right? Sure. And, you know, I haven't been a part of this online dating world, right? Like I'm married and I'm happy. And I haven't had to do that, but I've seen it really grow and people are into it. And I have no judgment either way. I'm just an interpersonal person. But you think you're going to get to know somebody because they put their electronic resume in a picture, their sure. best picture on. You're going to know some stuff. But I realize even the friends and family that I know who've made great connections and been married for meeting someone online, you still don't get to know them. It's powerful. Until you get to know them. It's powerful. Right? Yeah. I can read about you. Right, we say in the streets, ask about me. Yeah, for sure. But that's still not the same as sit down with me and get to know me. And that's what we're saying to educators, right? Like, you need to find out about that kid. And at the same time, you need to find out about yourself. Yes. Because sure. then you're gonna realize, like, why are you jumping to, oh, he's defiant? What what in your life experience has made you believe that that child in this particular instance with that particular behavior is defiant? What what in your experience has not allowed you to be open to other things? I'm gonna leave that one right there because that's loaded. So oh, for sure, but no, and it's real, and I think I think that's that's such a such a poignant point that you make because then you think about that. Yeah, we get data, but data doesn't tell the whole story. I already data doesn't tell all of the all of the story if a kid is hungry. Right. Doesn't tell. Sick of testing for five hours. For five hours, you know what I mean. And 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 I think you know, and I often tell this to people, you know, and we, what you learn. It's not a us versus them, teachers versus students, students. You know, versus adults, right? Teachers versus curriculum. It's, I just like my freedom dream is, you no know, SEO. It's it's the freedom dream to make school amazing, right? Because I argue when you look at research articles and journals, and I'm not going to get into the nerdy stuff. And you look at the schools that people pay forty and fifty thousand dollars for 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 ten year olds to go to all these private schools, right? And so people are paying fifty thousand dollars for for SEO for, for them to to know you. When right here in the Windsor Public Schools, in a well-resourced district, with people pulling up in amazing cars at at, at drop-off time in two-car garages, <laughs> struggling. Say, everybody's struggling. Every, everybody's struggling, right? To, to to say that, but 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 here we can't make school amazing, right? Right. That's right. not saying make it easy, right? It's not saying make it void of discipline. It's not saying make it void of, of those rigor things and of rigor and, and all of those things, right. but amazing, right? We all spring break is coming up, and people may go to Disneyland, so people. So what makes Disneyland magical, right? Right. You still go to Disneyland, and if you can't afford the fast pass, you got to wait in the long lines, right. and you find out that the hot dogs is thirty dollars, and right. and Mickey Mouse T-shirt costs forty five dollars. Right. But then the fireworks go off, and you're like, "Wow, I'm at Disney it. World. Right. It was all worth it." So if you use that example from an SEL perspective to center, you you mean to say if if, if the relationship is not is is there and is is robust and is powerful. That the fireworks is not going to go off when 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 little Terrell figures. Oh, I get it. Oh, I was in curriculum and I'm struggling with 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 this story and I don't get it. I don't really understand the protagonist. But oh wait, I see that he got on some Air Jordans. I see the Jordan logo. So what I need you to do for two seconds, I'm gonna differentiate this lesson. I want you to use that Chromebook and write me two paragraphs about what made Michael Jordan special and connected to why you got those shoes. 
Then I'm going to bring you back to talk about, you know, this century of the content that we're doing right here. But that little French. Oh, now now the fireworks went off. So literacy. Oh, I can read. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh. So this is all. So this is the metaphor. So I, I use Michael Jordan as the metaphor to get it. And then now now I understand this piece. Oh, that's the feeling that I think ultimately SEL and that self kind of introspection that we hope for all of our adults and our educators, right? And that sense of, you know what, this is where I'm self-aware, this is where I'm lacking, and I need support. I need support, you know? I need support, right? You know, I, I use the, the space, you know, Dr. Hill, you know, you, you you the boss, you feel me? So I'll use the example. We all were on a boat and he took, you know, our amazing, fabulous, you know, uh, a communications director and all of our people. And we on the boat and we having fun and we listening to the cha-cha slide and the Cupid shuffle and we doing things. And for some reason, somebody falls off the boat. Right. What are they going? What are they going to do? Oh, oh, the cruise ship is going. No, they, they're going to stand back. I need help. Right. Scream out, and we're going to go give them help. And we're going to give them help, whether it's a life raft, whether it's a PLC, whether it's some, hey, you actually need some of these type of skills. We, we got you, right? Yeah. But I feel oftentimes, because of the culture, that predates all of us, and I don't right, know, right, maybe right. you know when some of those delineations of K-12 happen, people end up getting in their silos versus this is Windsor. We all are here to win, right? As you write, we are Windsor, and the win is capitalized. Mm -hmm. How do we have that sense of ownership to say, hey, you know what? This is the deck of cards we have. We got 4,500, 5,000 students, whatever the case. We're going to win the people that we have here, and we're going to love them through it all, and we're going to grow together. And ultimately, those pebbles is going to produce the amazing uh, uh, citizens. Everybody's not going to be Einstein. Right. <laughs> Everybody is not going to get a Lamborghini or a Ferrari. Right. But to say that people can go out into the society and be healthy, productive citizens, to say that that's not what we all ultimately want, I would question those individuals. And I would say you answered like a question I was going to have, but I don't, I don't need to ask it about what, what would we lose if we weren't teaching social emotional learning because you answered it. Mm -hmm. So, and I think a big piece that I want to stress and take away what you just said, you know, in a nutshell, folks are seen, right? Sure. We, we can watch, you know, the current genre of movies, it doesn't matter, but, you know, I'm hearing more and more, more than I did when I was younger. People are like, do you even see me? Do you mm -hmm. like see me? And they're not talking about their physical, you know, space, their mass, but who they are, who they really are, right? And folks, again, prior to all this and learning these skills or people who still haven't learned these skills, they have to go pay somebody money to sit on the couch mm -hmm. yep. for them to be told, you know, Mike, you don't see her. Mike, you don't see him. Like, why do we need, like you said, Go to private school and then you'll say, Oh, I'm I'm seen, I'm heard here. Well, they better see you for fifty thousand fifty thousand right? dollars. Absolutely. Shoot. I'm not invisible for fifty grand. <laughs> but even even with your tax payment here in Windsor, you're not invisible, right? For sure. But I think people always look for something else. And often in our society, um, better is always attached to a price tag. Yep. Like it costs more, therefore it must be better. But I like what you said and what Dr. Hill believes here in Windsor. We offering the best. I'm not even going with the better because there's a good, better, and best. We at the best. Yeah, absolutely. And the SEL work that we're doing here in Windsor is by far the best. I will say we still have warts, as I've been saying, because anytime you're going through a growing process, things are not going to be smooth. But I see it taking hold across the district. We still got some naysayers, but I'm not one that waits for everybody to get on board. I don't subscribe to that theory. I subscribe to the – I'm going to go back to your boat for a second, so that's not the party boat. Mm -hmm. I subscribe to the boat <laughs> – 
All aboard, we, the boat's about to pull away from the dock. Well, I'm still thinking it didn't pull. Now, if you want the people who can make that jump from the dock to the boat, go for it. Mm-hmm. If you miss, swim back to the dock because we going out to see and do what we got to do. Absolutely. So that being said, what's next in Windsor Public Schools um, with SEL, with the SEL work? We got? Do we have anything great coming up? Or yeah, so yeah. on uh, March March 10th, Friday, March 10th is International SEL Day. I'm um, looking forward to just all of our, our schools in some way, shape, form, or fashion participating and just intentional SEL skill building in the form of activities, relationship building, teacher to student, student to student, and it's going to be all across the district because of our work, right? And as you mentioned, it's not perfect, right? But because of the visionary aspect of you taking a charge as you do and then allowing and providing the resources, you know, for this to happen, we have folks from the state, you know, hopefully are coming through. Our, our partners at Aperture Education, they want to come observe, right? They've done multiple case studies on us. And so for what's next for us is we're going to celebrate the work and the, 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 shake it up a little bit. The, the, the academic experience, and we're going to do the intentional community building at our different, you know, different schools. Um, we have a family uh, SEL uh, and engagement summit um, back connecting the student, the school, and the family. Uh, that's coming. Uh, so be on the lookout for some district-wide push um, in, in the next few weeks uh, for, for families to register on that. And we're just going to keep highlighting the work. Uh, our work, you know, has been featured, if many people don't know, our Windsor Public Schools has been featured, you know, on stage at Harvard University, Average Education. The state is very happy with us. Um, they're happy with our educators. Shout out to the Felicia Hamiltons, Mr. Estelle, to the, you know, Ms. Hermans, to um, Ms. Schultz. You know, I have so many different educators, uh, you know, Ms. Capizzi. There's so many people out here in the, in the school, you know, so many of you all. So I apologize for not naming as many of the amazing educators that we have here. And we're going to keep just featuring our work on a national scale. Right. I just, you know, was uh, asked to, you know, uh, talk to a school district in Kentucky. And it was like, hey, you know, we reached out and we heard about Windsor and they pointed us you all's way. So people might not think that the magic is happening, right? Slow change can often be slow to people, but people want to know, wow, so you all are doing this at the high school. Shout out to Ms. Derrick Green and the student-led, you know, vision of, you know, uh, advisory, right? Wanting to have our students be the people to lead their peers around social-emotional learning. How powerful could that be, you know, if then that model then goes into, right, the middle school and then it goes down into, you know, our elementaries, right? And so we're going to continue to be the pioneer, as you mentioned. Hey, it's okay if Windsor is out in front. We're going to take our bumps and bruises, you know, uh, we're going to collaborate with our with the different, you know, Educator, shout out to Jim Wilson, shout out to our amazing principals who are leading the charge as well. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's what we're gonna do. So that's what's next for us. And we're gonna capture it and we're gonna promote it. You know, working with our, our, our district coordinator, uh, our communications person, she's putting out our work in so many different publications. And people are gonna see. And so either they're gonna be on the boat, as you said, Dr. Hill. Or they're gonna watch it go. Or they're gonna watch it go. So I wanna thank Dr. Mike Mallory, our coordinator, our district coordinator for SEL here in Windsor Public Schools. You know, you've heard just just some of the great stuff that's going on around SEL here in the district. And as the purposes of this show is to show the good things that are happening in Windsor because we're doing a lot of good things. And, you know, my tagline for the remaining of any shows that come up is going to be like, if you didn't know, now you know. Now you know.